Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to The Danger Room, the X-Men Comics Commentary Podcast. My name's Adam. And my name is Jeremy. And we're here to discuss the uncanny X-Men number 169, the cover date of May 1983, on sale February 8th of 1983, still 60 cents, and this one's titled Catacombs. this angel falling that's what it says on the cover anyways Uh, that's true (laughs) and it's got a cover uh, on the cover it features the angel it's like tied to a cross or not really a cross but tied to something like a a railroad car angel of harlem (laughs) i don't remember how that song goes (laughs) and it says in a moment the x-men will arrive but they'll be too late sort of true yeah there's like a rat on a uh, pipe in the foreground. It's the coolest part about this cover is the rat and the perspective. Yeah, I like it. It's it's I like it. It's different. Um, but have you noticed what the biggest change on this cover is? Um, the six people in the little Marvel window. Yes, including a brand new, not quite Shadow Cat. Well, that would be. Sp- bright in her Ariel costume, but not going by the name Ariel. Not yet. Unless you read God Loves Man Kills. Right. Then, then you know what's coming. Um, This is the first appearance of the six little heads in the box, rather than like the little action panel that we had before. Right. So, woo, changes everybody. And I believe as I was reading through this issue or maybe some other issue, um, Marvel is about to forgo the whole Marvel Comics group thing. Okay. And they're they're making it so that you there's more cover space. Oh. Like there's an ad. Maybe it's in this issue, maybe it's not, but there's an ad saying that we're making more space for our comics. And I think this is when they adapt the, the M that the oh. sixty cents and one sixty nine will be added to. Well, I think there's We'll find out soon. Yeah. I mean, I'm just looking ahead and the little M does not appear on any of the covers through X-Men number 174 and annual number 7. But I also think that the M and the little Spider-Man UPC like go hand in hand. So I think there's variations of comics that'll have the box and then some that'll have the M. And I think they mean something, but I don't remember what they mean. The M actually does appear in issue 170. You see, it it probably does in the variation that you're looking at, but in the right. Marvel Masterworks... That's only the Spider-Man UPC cover, though. Right. And actually, no, 169 doesn't have that. So, I don't know. I think maybe 170 on might have variants that have the M. Right. So, anyways, yeah, that's, that's always the weird thing. And I remember uh, as a kid going through my comics and being like, ooh, this one's got an M and this one doesn't have an M and trying to figure out if there was like certain value that I could assign for the variants. And uh, to the best of my knowledge, there really aren't. There's probably a few, but for the most part, there's no difference between the M and the regular old rectangle. So I, I, it's hard to tell when the M starts. It definitely starts at 168 has this, uh, the cover that I'm looking at now has the Spider-Man cover or the Spider-Man UPC and does not have the M. Okay. But then the 
Ugh, I don't know. Nerds! <laughs> so the direct market versions uh, must be the ones that have the M. Yes, okay. that is true. So then the Marvel Masterworks representing the cover of the non-direct market. Right. Interesting. Which is a strange choice. It I is a strange choice. It would be the other way around. I always prefer the M over the little box anyways. But do they? when does the Marvel Comics group thing disappear? Oh, man, not for a long time. I mean, I think, don't they change it with the logo? Yeah. Well, actually, looking ahead here. 175 the, is definitely does not have Marvel. Oh, no, 174 170, does not have it. But it does. It's just, it's it's a different logo. It's right next to the 60 cents 174. It's in a little rectangle of its own. Oh, right, right, right. But it loses the banner on the top. Yes. Oh, so. right. And the Marvel Comics Code logo changes at that time, too. Or not Marvel, uh-huh. the Comics Code. The plain old Comics Code. Right. Wow, that's a lot of nerd data. Let's just get into this comic book, Adam. Yeah, seriously. You know what I don't like about this cover? What? Angel's wings are huge. I like it. I know that they're too big, um, and I know that maybe they're trying to do some sort of perspective thing where we're closer to the his wing tips than we are to his feet. Uh, I think his body works from a perspective point of view. I don't think his wings work from a, a perspective point of view, but I, I don't know. I like the exaggerated wingspan here for some reason. And that's what it is. I don't think it's a. I don't think it's a perspective thing. I think it's it's an, uh, exaggerating the drama. Yeah, and I don't like it. Oh, weird, but Adam. Normally it's okay that you do. Normally, I'm the guy that like hates the non-realism, and you're the guy that's like, <laughs> no, it's cool because it's whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Okay. For some reason, I just don't like this. All right, maybe maybe one day we will see eye to eye, but apparently it's not going to be today. Oh, everybody's going to stop listening when that happens. <laughs> So we open up this comic book, and uh, uh, it's a woman entering a very large apartment with, um, I'm going to say, huge vaulted ceilings. We're talking like 30-foot vaulted ceilings. Yeah, this is ridiculous. (laughs) I mean, uh, four panels in, or three, yeah, four panels in, we see that there's like an elevator. (laughs) Yeah, an elevator that goes up to the loft. There's a fire pit in the middle of the room with a gigantic chimney that goes up through the 30 foot uh vaulted ceiling and it's a woman who i gotta be honest adam i don't recognize this woman do you recognize her just by looking at her i've never recognized her just by looking at her all right well it's it is candy southern and if i recall correctly uh we were basically looking at a new hairstyle so that's mm-hmm. yeah i don't know that's fair when she when this when i first read this comic it's like who is this woman and then later on she's she says she's candy so do you think Chris Claremont just wasn't reading Dazzler at the time or he was just like, no, it's candy. It's it's not Dazzler. What do you mean? Well, because in, in Dazzler, a couple issues back, uh, Warren broke up with Candy in order to pursue Allison Blair. I don't recall him breaking up with Candy. I recall it being like a break. Well, a break <laughs> is half of a breakup. <laughs> Look, man, I... It's I, in the word. I really feel like... You know, the editor was like, you can do this Dazzler story. You need to put a little explanation about Candy Southern, but they can't break up. So I think uh, uh, Warren was soiling. No, he was. uh, Warren soiled himself. (laughs) Soiling himself. He was soiling his wild oats. Is that how you say that? Sowing. Sowing. Soiling. That just doesn't make any sense. He's crapping all over his wild oats. There's some oats. I'm going to pee on them. (laughs) Uh, So I don't think... Oh, they're wild. (laughs) 
uh, I don't think that the intent was for him to break up. But you're right. You and me reading this is like, God, Warren's a sleazebag. Yeah. So anyways. Um, yeah. So he she shows up and she's like, oh, my God. Apparently they're living together. I had a bad day today. Wish I could fly like you. Where are you? You are the wind beneath my wings. She goes up on the elevator and she sees some uh, uh, feathers on the ground and she's like, you molting lover? Ooh, kinky. I wish you would molt all over me. Blood? She says as she picks up a feather. Warren! I don't actually know where the blood is. I think it's on the feather. Oh, you really can't. It's not on the picture here at all. No, you. I'm. I'm guessing, based on the fact that she is holding a feather <laughs> and has the word balloon blood. The lights go out, and she goes. The lights. Someone's downstairs. Oh my god, I'm trapped up here. But luckily, there's a phone nearby, and at the top of it is Professor Xavier. Adam, not only luckily is there a phone nearby, but luckily they had the automatic dialer installed. <laughs> I've blanked on his number, but at least it's right here on this automatic dialer. I don't know. It feels like maybe in 1982, an automatic dialer is like futuristic. Well, I think it's probably a way perhaps of showing that Warren is rich. I know, but I guess reading it from 20th, 21st century perspective, you're like, what's the big deal? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know Why if they... Why are they talking so much about this phone? I just, I wonder <laughs> if in 1982, like, she would have to explain that I am pushing a button, but it is actually dialing a phone number and using the phone, right? Jeez, I don't know anybody's phone number anymore. <laughs> exactly. And on here, we've got Dr. Xavier, no, Prof. Xavier, Hank McCoy, somebody Seagal, somebody Rankwire, and I really wish it said Rankin, because then it would be Calvin Rankin, <laughs> Wait, St. Cyr, McTurr. Virgo. I'm assuming the number at the bottom is Allison Blair's, but he didn't want to write that down. <laughs> I don't know what this mystery number is, but I better call Professor Xavier. Charles Xavier speaking. I'm reading a book on the Marvel Universe. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he is reading an encyclopedia-sized, or perhaps dictionary-sized book titled Marvel Universe. That's terrible. I am... I'm doing some research into some characters that I am about to encounter. Exactly. Did you know that there's a guy called the Watcher always watching us? Don't you think that's kind of jerky of him? Hmm. I wanted to know what's going on with Eunice these days. <laughs> Apparently, he's got no control over his force field. I, I really should reach out and help him. <laughs> well, she's like, it's candy. Warren's apartment's been attacked. And I think it's about to be my... Oh, she turns around as a as a gnarled, nasty, dirty hand grabs her shoulder. I am Sunder. I am here to hurt you. And she screams in a full page panel, no! And that's when we get the title, Catacombs, written by Chris Claremont, penciled by Paul Smith. Bob Wiasek on inks, Bob Sharon coloring, uh, Tom Orzakowski lettering, Louise Jones editing, and Jim Heem Shooter. Editing and chiefing. Two bobs for the price of one. Oh my goodness. All that for 60 cents? Whoa. Now, you'll remember in the last issue, Nightcrawler stopped over at Amanda Sefton's house for a little yum time. <laughs> so they're yumming it up in the bathtub, which looks like an oversized teacup. Uh, tea now Nightcrawler is naked. Oh my God. I don't think we've ever seen him in any sort of state of undress, have we? I don't, I don't know. Hmm. Well, he's naked, and so is Amanda, and they're drinking some champagne in the bathtub. 
He is not a regular nudie like Storm is. What do you mean? No, you're right. He is not. But I'm just wondering, I don't think we've actually, well, I'm sure we've seen him out of his costume, but he seems to be more often than not in his costume. I like this. It's good to see him out of his costume because, man, he wears that thing way too much. It's got to smell terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So he's like, um, yeah. Yeah, they're hanging out in the bath, Mm -hmm. talking about their mom. (laughs) Well, right. You know, you know what mom would have wanted for us? What would our mom want for us? To get married. Oh, you should ask the question. You might be surprised by the answer. Are you planning to make an honest woman of me? We can save money on the father, mother of the groom and mother of the uh, bride. <laughs> we only need one seat. Well, that's when the professor's head shows up and he's like, Nightcrawler, emergency situation. So uh, I guess he also sends him directions that we get in the uh, caption, but we don't know what the directions are. Just that Nightcrawler bamfs out straight up uh, high above in the air to get his bearings, then straight across town to a building, and then straight onto a wall of a skyscraper. Naked. Totally naked, yes. He's, he was straight out of the bath. Yep. That is a very important detail. So he must have checked out before showing up to Amanda's house the distance between the bathtub and the outside so that he wouldn't accidentally teleport into something. Well, I think I think the the idea is he is going straight up and therefore it's highly unlikely that he's going to hit something. Like mm-hmm. he knows what floor she's on. I mean, I guess it's still pretty risky. There could be a bird flying by. Exactly. I feel like there's other issues where they've made a huge deal. As a matter of fact, earlier in this run of X-Men, where he's like, I will teleport as high up in the sky as I possibly can. I think it was the arcade issues. And he's yes, like, but this, Boy. this, Jeremy, this is an emergency situation. Oh, okay. Also, the professor probably made him do it, and he didn't even realize it. Ah, that very well could be. So he talks about how uh, cold it is when he's uh, got his fur all wet. It is winter. Mm-hmm. And so he's hanging on a building, Spider-Man style. Nightcrawler, says the professor, I sense Angel's thought patterns nearby and below you. They are sluggish. The lad is barely conscious. Uh, Nightcrawler sees him being carried into the subway. He asks, what about candy? And that is when she... Flies through the window. Zontwifel, candy. Now, if somebody's carrying Angel away into the subway, I guess maybe there's two of them. Okay. So Sunder presumably is still inside. Yes. Yeah, so Nightcrawler teleports over to catch Candy as she's flying out of the window. Uh, and so he decides that he needs to get back somewhere before he freezes to death. So he te- he does the whole teleport trick back to Amanda's uh, bath room and all three of them splash into the tub kurt no don't you dare which seems odd right i mean why would nightcrawler teleport right back into the bathroom why wouldn't he teleport into like the living room and be like amanda you better put some tea on we got company yeah it's a good question Mm. well anyways i guess maybe it's just so that we can get some more gratuitous nudie shots of amanda well, not really. I mean, it's not like there's nothing sexy about this. Well, you got the, the sexy curvature of her back, and then she flips around, and her boobs are covered by her arms. I mean, come on. If you're a 12-year-old boy, you can use your imagination here. Okay. <laughs> Adam, it wasn't that long ago, was it? Have you lost your way? 
No, it's not. It's I just don't find anything exciting about this. I mean, there's. I don't of course, know. you don't. You're an adult now, but I don't even think as a kid, hmm. I I would be like, ooh la la, a back. Hmm. I'm going to go be by myself for a while. I don't <laughs> well, know. Adam, you don't have to take it that far. Jeez. <laughs> Anyways, uh, across town, uh, there's a guy entering into the Hellfire Club. It is Sebastian Shaw. And he walks through and we get a whole lot of detail about uh, the Hellfire Club and their secretness and how they don't like the X-Men. And he pushes aside a trapdoor uh, on a bookshelf, which leads into a dungeon. No, no. It leads into the Batcave. How do you know it's the Batcave? Well, don't you remember in Batman 66, didn't they have a book? Or was it a statue? I think it might have been a statue. Never mind. Yeah, they had, it, was a, it was a Shakespeare head. Yeah, you're right. Anyways, carry on. <laughs> That's the Hellfire Club dungeon. It's the Hellfire Dungeon. Cave. Cave. <laughs> it's the Hellfire Dungeon Bad Cave. Thank you. Tessa, if you remember her, is at the bottom of the steps and she says, What's go he says, What's going on? And she says, Come see for yourself. Emma Frost was lying unconscious apparently on a bed. Yep. In the dungeon. Tessa is in her garters and teddy as you do when you're a Hellfire Club woman. And she's like, uh, she, she came and she fell over. She was desperate to see you, and now she's uh, passed out. She's in a coma. She refused to tell me why she was so terrified and scared, but uh, and then she collapsed. Uh, is Emma, where is, Emma Frost is dead, isn't she? Or I'm trying or, to know. The last time we saw her was when she and Storm switched bodies. Right. Um, I don't think we've seen her since then. How did that... That ended with her being unconscious? Something like that. She was presumed dead in their first encounter, which was prior to when they switched bodies. Right, and that's when she bumped into Jean Grey. Yeah. Wait, what? She was killed by Phoenix. Oh, right, yeah. The first time. Right. Second time around, I gotta be honest, uh, they reverted bodies, but I don't remember how it ended. I thought she was trying to double-cross Sebastian Shaw. I think think she ended up... Carrying Sebastian Shaw aback, and they they made some sort of weird agreement where she decided that they would she would not bother them anymore or something like that. Yeah, sounds I, something I like that. Well, anyways, um, so she's in a catatonic. Wait, uh, she's diagnosed condition is total catatonic schizophrenia, a withdrawal from reality so complete it borders on living death. So she's she's out of it. Right. Um, Sebastian Shaw, he's like, well, the the only telepath who fits that bill is the founder of the X-Men, Charles Xavier. But I find it hard to believe he's too high-minded and honorable. Hmm. But he suspects that it might be someone else. And he says, uh, this, our foe demonstrates how powerful he is, how helpless we are against him or her hmm. and then and then we get a caption that says for the briefest instant fear flickers in shaw's eyes and throughout the catacombs around him unheard by any living soul laughter resounds mocking malevolent triumphant so it's, it's some sort of woman is it phoenix i don't think so but i don't maybe. Think so. <laughs> i don't pretty sure it's not but uh i i gotta be honest i don't i don't know how that's i know where this story is gonna go but i don't know i don't know where this piece goes where this little thread goes so Ah, it'll be something to who, look out for. 
who is laughing and why is it unheard by any soul? <laughs> I don't know. Time will tell. Maybe. So the X-Men show up at Amanda's apartment. Uh, Kitty is now in her aerial garb. She's got Lockheed around her neck, but she is not aerial yet. She's got her Dazzler makeup on. Are you sure it's Dazzler makeup and not a, like a domino mask? Uh, no. I mean, it's impossible to tell, but <laughs> it, it doesn't connect ever. So I'm going to say it's makeup. Right. But you remember like the shadow, right? His mask didn't connect anywhere. It was just kind of on his face. Yeah. But the shadow was like, well, are, what are you talking about? The movie or, or the, the, the 1940s radio serial? Well, it was a comic book too. Was it? Yeah. Oh, okay. But uh, the movie, I mean. Didn't, wasn't that movie terrible? Wait, which which movie? Uh, was this the Frank Miller one? I don't. Hang on a second. I don't remember. I remember it was filmed in kind of a wacky, cartoonish style, sort of, or comic book style. I, I, think it, I think it was the Frank Miller one. And I actually kind of liked it, although I was really annoyed by Samuel L. Jackson's character for most of it. Yeah, I, I, I've only seen the movie once. I saw it in the theater. It was okay. I, I don't. Rem- I, I remember, you know, enjoying it. But uh, it doesn't. Okay. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. It it doesn't look like there is any um, to Kitty's mask. It doesn't look like there is any uh, weight to it. It doesn't look like it is three dimensional in any way. But it's hard to tell. It's a drawing. Yeah. So all right. Uh, so Nightcrawler, he apparently has a cold now since he was outside all wet and furry. Well, at first I was kind of confused because why did it hit, why did it take him this long to get dressed? Because presumably they called the X-Men. The X-Men had to come over mm-hmm. and Nightcrawler is still drying, drying his hair. Well, he's got a lot of fur. But they kind of explain it because I guess Nightcrawler, after they called the X-Men, went back out to see if he could find Angel and we'll we'll learn more about that later. So he didn't. He's finally back, having not dried himself off. Colossus uh, says that uh, maybe he should go to bed. Nightcrawler says he'd like to. But with Wolverine off in Japan, Lord knows why. We're short-handed. You can't afford to leave me behind. A mug of achoo. One of Amanda's miracle potions should put me right. That's already in the works, lover. I have this great... Uh, what is that thing? She's wear- She's wearing like a witch's outfit, but it's... I guess it's like a bath towel, but it's like a wraparound bath towel. In the first panel, it kind of looks like a pink or purple bathrobe, but definitely in this panel with the various lines and creases, it looks like uh, it looks like a warlock's cloak. I think it's a warlock's bath towel. Could be. Um, yes, Amanda is going to put together some Eye of Newt potion for Nightcrawler's cold. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and she offers to, you know, she, Amanda Sefton, she's like, hey, I want to come help you find uh, Candy and Angel if you'll have me. And Storm was like, uh, should be like, oh, you're a witch. You've got magic powers and, and you can do stuff. Yeah, come on with us. She's like, nah, why don't you take care of Candy? Your offer is appreciated, Amanda. I would rather you stay with Candy in case Angel's kidnappers make another try at her. Also, I'm leaving Lockheed. Yep. I don't, I'm okay with that. Eh, I don't know. You know what I'm not okay with? I'm not okay with this picture of the professor on the next page. He he does look kind of weird. <laughs> what the hell's going on here with him? He's got all sorts of weird lines on him and stuff. So it's an astral project, sort of an astral projection of his head. Um, she asks the professor via mindscape or whatever. Mindly. Hey, 
hey, can we borrow Rain Sinclair? Because she's got tracking skills. And the professor's like, nope. I gave you a mini Cerebro. That's what you got. I'm not bringing out the kids. Which good for the professor? I don't know. I've given you some tools. I need you to use them. Leave me alone. (laughs) All right. (laughs) This is the professor's time right now. And then Storm's argument is like, I distrust machines, professor. Uh, And the the professor says, work on your arguments. That one sucks. You're you're staying behind too, Lockheed. Grr. Hi, Jeff. Don't you growl at me, you dragon, you. You're still making uh, Lockheed out to seem like a cat. Yeah, kind of. In, bo- in both of these panels, he looks like a, a little cat. Yeah, yeah. With dragon face. Yep. I don't know. So far, he's he's working for me. Oh, no, no I'm not complaining. I want you to help Amanda protect Candy. Will you do that for me? I can complain if you want me to. Yeah, no, that's right. I'll come up with something. Lockheed makes a cute little noise. Three. <laughs> or is it Fui. Was that a da or niet, Katya? Yes or no, in case you didn't get the most obvious bit of Russian I have ever said. If you ask me, pets should know their place and do as they're told. Like my pet Terry. Hey, has anybody seen Terry? <laughs> I haven't seen him in weeks. Ever since Lockheed showed up. <laughs> I wonder if there's a link between them. Uh... Storm says, I wonder if Lockheed feels that way about us. Wow, Aurora, do you really think he's that intelligent? To which I say, are cats that intelligent? I mean, come on. (laughs) You're essentially saying that the dragon is as smart as a cat. Is, like, Kitty really surprised about that? It's a dragon. (laughs) Um, Let's see. Well, so Kitty's like, oh, he's been, don't worry about it. He's been fed, so uh, he won't bother anybody. We're out of here. And you're right. We really don't know any. We don't need to know anything about Lockheed. We don't know if he's full grown, an infant, or anywhere between. Mm-hmm. He's probably going to eat us. Yeah. Uh, and so Amanda is now holding this dragon like a cat or a little dog. And she says, "Don't worry, Kitty. My mom taught me all about the care and feeding of dragons, which is kind of cool." Yeah. Lockheed I think probably hers. the first time I ever read this, and I didn't realize that Amanda was a witch. Uh-huh. I was like, "Oh, that must be like a joke or something." Uh-huh. Yeah, you know what? They don't. They really don't give you the Amanda Sefton is a witch thing. I mean, we're talking about right. potions. We're talking about feeding dragons, but nothing in here tells you that Amanda's a witch. Which is surprising from Chris Claremont. The X-Men make their way into the sewers. The subway first. Well, right. I'm sorry. The subway. Uh, and, uh, you know, they're, they're making their way down there. Yeah, they kind of head down. Uh, Storm tells everybody that she's over her, um, what is it? Claustrophobia. Yeah. Storm uh, is trying to track the mutants with the mini Cerebro. She contacts the professor, um, but they can hardly hear each other uh, because apparently the professor is having a difficult time maintaining the psi link because uh, they're underground. Maybe he should have sent Rain Sinclair. Maybe he should have showed up his own damn self. <laughs> if you continue, I fear I won't be able to maintain contact. Goodbye. You're on your own. Why isn't he here? He's got a team of new mutants to train. He's done with the X-Men. The X-Men are old and passe. The new He's not even training the new mutants. I mean, it's like nighttime. He's not taking them out on a field trip or anything. He should be here. Adam, it's like a child with a new toy. Ugh. The old toys are like, hey. And there's like the little boy's like, playing with these new toys. <laughs> and I don't take them out on dangerous adventures. <laughs> exactly. Some of the old toys for that. I hope you guys die. Yeah. I mean, 
Good luck. Uh, so a train is coming. Colossus tells him all to flatten against a wall, and that's when Storm is like, oh my god, the noise, the filth, the stench. How can anybody stand it? Uh, I don't belong here. So they walk down the train tracks for a while, and um, they determine that the uh, the uh, a wall looks is is where the trail leads. So they have Kitty face through the wall, and she discovers that it is a uh, trap door. And that's when Storm says, "You used to like Sprite, as I suspect. Uh, you used to like Sprite, as I suspected. There's a door there. Sprite's a kid's name. I'm an X man. This place gives me the creeps. I'd ask you to call me by my code name, Storm, if I didn't think it was so dumb." But I'm an X-Man, not a kid. And when I say things like that, you shouldn't judge me like a kid. Right, because I'm an X-Man. Yeah. <laughs> Call me Kitty. Okay, let's go. Uh, Colossus wonders if people actually live here. Storm, for some reason, for somebody who hates this area so much, he knows a lot about it. Well, yeah, because this reminds her of her youth in Africa, living on the streets. It's, it's you know, lots of homeless people. So yeah, she's, she's, she's not really relating to the catacombs so much as she's relating to homeless people. Sure. Which makes sense. Yeah. Derelicts, outcasts, cast people with no place else to go, people who do not want to be found. Get used to it is what I'm saying, because it's a pretty important plot point. Yeah, yeah. So as they continue down this set of stairs that they've found, we see some more ugly, gross hands uh, reaching towards Colossus. And they, they don't even waste any time. They attack. Intruders, get them! They push the X-Men down the stairs. The uh, stairs collapse. Um, they're falling. Storm is trying to use her wind power. She says it's difficult to do underground, but at least there's enough room for it to work. So it's whatever. She sends Kitty off to scout the area to make sure, like, how many people there are. They're trying to get a hold of who their attackers are, I guess. Storm, do you think these street people are the ones who kidnapped Angel? If they are, why'd they do it? Stop talking. <laughs> Colossus, uh, he, he gets, since Wolverine's not here, he's like... That is for you to discover. So scoot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Someone needs to say scoot. I'm saying it. Wolverine's not here. I'm saying scoot, kitty. I call scoot. <laughs> so I've he... got the bob. <laughs> so Colossus takes one of the derelict bums and throws him. I'm going to say Fotzer. <laughs> In the corner, we get to see what may actually be the main derelicts here. There's a big guy, an ugly guy, well, another ugly person, and a, <laughs> a woman whose one eye we can't see and the other eye has a scar. She's got a nose ring. It uh, It's Sunder, for sure, and a guy named Mask. And uh, Mask here, he's like, they pretty hate them, want to hurt them. Be patient, Mask. You'll get your chance. For the moment, I, I don't know. <laughs> That's, no, see, the thing... It's probably a lot younger. That's the thing. I don't do I do not do good young women voices. Well, we don't do good voices, period. So <laughs> uh, I always, based on where this character will end up, I would do like a street-wise yet nice-sounding young lady. But I don't do that voice, so I don't yeah, know what I'm going to do. I don't step. even know what that be. Like that for me, that would be like rogue or something. Be patient, mask. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the voice for this woman. She's got to be tough, yet uh, I don't know, able to like kind of turn it on and off at will. But I don't know. We'll work on it. Okay. We get our first mention of a place called the alley. It's where they're going to lure the X Men into, and then they're going to nail them. They're going to have sex with the X Men in the alley. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> That's where we're going to nail. All right. Anyways, Kitty overhears the plan. She's like, I don't want to 
be nailed. I'm out of here. Hold on, hold on. Did him. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I'll be here all week. <laughs> Kitty sneaks up behind them and sees them. Um, and so she's she's kind of spying on them. She doesn't go right back to tell Storm about them, which is her downfall. And she she's just going to watch them for a while. But this woman that we don't know the voice of yet <laughs> smells her. And uh, so the the the, the three the, the four of the 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 these mysterious people turn around. Mask and Sunder are two of them. Uh, mask reaches for to grab Mm-mm. Kitty. That's not Mask. Oh no, that's Plague. Yes, okay, but we don't so know it's Plague. Yeah, this this guy. Well, we do now. <laughs> she, she says, "Plague, she's yours." Ah, you're right. Okay. I don't know if these people can hurt me, but I don't want to find out. With names like theirs, I don't want to find out. So she she phases. She leaves herself phased, but she comments that even though she was phased, this person named uh, Plague, uh, when she phased through um, Kitty, it tingled. And so she's like, what does that mean? What does she do to me? Her name's Plague. I'm very confused. <laughs> Probably not a good thing. <laughs> um, the woman whose voice that we don't know, she's got a nose ring. She's got the scar on her eye. She's got brown eyes. But she... Oh, and now we see on the next page that she has a patch. Yes. But before we get to all of that, she says uh, to herself, a scent, clean, or girl, young, clean, outsider. <clears throat> so I've never really known what this character's powers are but according to this she has maybe some heightened senses okay but honestly in the majority of the comics i've read i don't i don't recall that being a primary attribute of hers Hmm. well maybe maybe it's not a heightened sense maybe kitty just bathed (laughs) but she should be phased right can can this person smell phased sense well we we don't know whether or not Kitty can be smelled phased or not. I don't see why she wouldn't be. Because, I mean, if she, the smell would still linger because she doesn't phase smell. I don't know. I would feel like, I would seem, it would seem to me like when she phases, like she's effectively not there. Yeah, but she's still wearing clothes. I don't know. I mean, it's like a, it's a, it's an argument for, for, for the grounds for science because her body is still carrying the scent in you, the same I, way that it, that it carries her clothes. Well, and then and she phases and then, her clothes. And then the, the phasing it doesn't mean that I don't. I don't think phase affects smell. I guess Isn't that that would just be my feeling. Hmm. We will have to watch for that because I feel like there's some issues of the X Men where Wolverine loses Kitty's sense because she's phased. Oh, okay. But that's, that's good to keep track of. We're gonna forget that probably. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, Sunder. I'm guessing he he picks up a wall and. Uh, I don't know. Does he throw it or something? Well, he he's removing it so they can go after her. But ah. the mystery lady says, "Ah, hey, she can walk through walls, so your fist ain't going to do much." But if a single molecule of the disease plague manifested remains on the girl's person when she solidifies, she's as good as dead. Maybe that's her voice. Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking actually. Yeah, you just gotta do a little of this. <laughs> Try to make it a little bit feminine. So Nightcrawler is beating up homeless people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very good at this. <laughs> Anybody need assistance? I'm available to kick some more butt. Finally, I am of use to my team. Uh, Storm uses her wind powers to blow a bunch of more homeless people down through uh, the subway. Homeless people are easy, Nightcrawler. We should battle these people more often. 
Uh, I have a feeling that that was a probe to just our strength, however. And uh, where's Kitty? Storm, where is Sprite? Should she not have returned by this time? We have no way of pinpointing her location or following her trail. My mini Cerebro is set for Angel. I hate this thing. (laughs) I cannot recalibrate it. Our only option is to press on and hope for the best. I told the professor I didn't like machines. (laughs) Why wouldn't he listen? And now we're too far below ground to mind link to him. If he had come along, or if we had rain, we could search for Kitty. I bet you if Cyclops would hear, he'd come up with a really good plan. And then I would remind him that I'm the leader. (laughs) I'm sorry, Storm. (laughs) I'm in Alaska. Doing it with a new gene. Oh, wait. Not yet. They're not, not, no. You don't know that, Adam. Spoilers. Well, she, well, you don't know that right after they met, before that airplane. They're having a four-way with Pop and Alex? Uh, no, that's gross. <laughs> it's just Alex and Scott. Okay. And Madeline. Corsair's right. watching. No, no, it's just Alex and Scott. <laughs> I've always wanted to tell you about this, baby brother. <laughs> I've had feelings for you. Anyways, uh, so they press on. Um, They're on their own is the gist of all this stuff. Uh, Nightcrawler and Colossus are kind of like, well, why don't we do this? Well, why don't we do this? And Storm's just like, we can't do that. Stop questioning me. And everyone's like, don't ask me the question if I care or not. Uh, And how can she be so cold? And all that sort of stuff. They're all just questioning each other now, it seems. Right. It's, you know, it's whenever there's a leader... You got to question the leader. Yep. It's the same thing happened with Cyclops. Her manner is so cold and distant. She doesn't care for Kitty anymore. (laughs) Everything must be dealt with in absolutes. (laughs) She hates me now. Uh, Storm, we're badly outnumbered. Might some reinforcements not be advisable? Yes. How do we get them? Our psionic and radio links to the professor being jammed. And if we retreat to the service, uh, assuming that's possible, what happens to our friends? We have to go on. Meanwhile. So we're on our own. As always. Kitty is looking for them, and she is now feeling the effects of Plague's touch. Now, does Kitty return back to where she came from? So if the X-Men had just, like, hung out? Yeah, literally for two minutes, (laughs) Kitty shows up. Uh, She's afraid. She doesn't feel good. And that's when she plunges into... A drainage ditch. Why didn't they leave Nightcrawler behind? <laughs> so if Kitty did come back... Well, how would they communicate with one another? They don't have any telepaths. Nightcrawler teleports. He could just be like, hey, yeah. Kitty, Kitty's here, and then teleport back. Teleport to where, though? Teleport to where they go. But where they Wherever they go down the, the trail. They don't even know where they're going, though. Well, right, but, you know, my point is that Kurt could get to the other X-Men faster to let them know, hey, Kitty showed up. And then but he wouldn't know where to back. teleport to. He'd just like teleport down the hall and be like, hmm, do I go left or right? Okay, I go left. Oh, I'm lost now. Well, no, he wouldn't be lost. He'd just go back to where he came from. Or, here's a better idea. Maybe these guys find something to mark on the wall. And so those two could leave and Nightcrawler could teleport and see the markings to figure out which way to go. Because these are catacombs, Adam. It's not like they're, they're just going straight. They're making lefts and rights, going up, going down. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, a familiar voice, uh, whose voice I forget how to do. I don't even know if we had a voice for him. But he calls oh, out. I'm sure we had a voice for him. <laughs> I don't remember what it was. He calls out, Sprite Child. 
Sprite's child. I, I don't know. I think it's kind of a, um, he looks more so in this issue like uh, Gollum. No, I'm going to go with Sprite Child. <laughs> okay. I'm not sure where you're going with that. There's not enough words to really get a feel for it yet, but go, go on ahead. Uh, Caliban sends Stranger in his home. No, that's terrible. <laughs> it's supposed to be. It's Caliban. <laughs> Anyways, it is Caliban. He's way smaller than he was the last time we met him. But that's true. Here he is. Uh, it gladdened his heart to... It gladdened... Eh, just like Nightcrawler. I don't know. <laughs> It gladdened his heart to recognize one among them as his beloved Kitty Pride. Kitty, by the way, fell uh, has fainted and fell, fallen into the water. Yep. So the effects of plagues, plague, uh, are affecting her. Wow, that was a poorly constructed sentence. Her life flame burns so low, all illness consumes her. This is plague's doing. Mm, precious, precious. I don't know very good. Caliban had thought never to see the Sprite Child again. He will not find her only to lose her. He will care for her, heal her. She will come to see how much he loves her. And then she will love him too, and they will live happily ever after. Precious. Creepy. (laughs) Well, Caliban's pretty creepy. Right now he is. By the white wolf. Uh, we cut to Colossus saying for the first time in a tunnel. Yeah, yeah. And they are in a tunnel. They're in a huge tunnel. Oh, magnificent. We must be over a thousand feet beneath the city. And although everything about us reeks of age, it is so well maintained that it might have well been constructed only yesterday. Boom. Bunch of lights go on. Somebody calls up from up high saying, Make no move, intruders, or be struck down where you stand. A woman's voice. These lights so blinding, I cannot see. That is the idea, mein friend. Any orders, Storm? Stay loose. Both of you. That's right out of the Cyclops uh, playbook. <laughs> Stay loose, X-Men. Be so, careful, people. We have to fight as a team. <laughs> she yells up that she's Storm, leader of the X-Men. They come uh, in peace, seeking a friend. And the person who's shining the lights is like, you mean Angel. Then you're in luck because here he is. And a railroad car has snuck up on them and they couldn't really see it. I don't know why they couldn't hear it. Oh, there are booming loudspeakers. Aha. So it snuck up on them and they just, it's, it's, it's appeared. I don't know why this needed to be there, but okay. Hmm. Apparently it's very loud and a very, uh. Just for a fact, Adam. Just for a fact. Right. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, and, uh, somebody, it's either Colossus or Nightcrawler yells, you witch, what have you done to him? And this is where we get the big reveal. I am Callisto. What was the voice I did? I already forgot. <laughs> it was down here, but somehow I, feminine. I am Callisto. No, that's, nope. that's, that's like no. old storm. Uh, what did I do it in before? Uh, <laughs> rewind. No, forget it. I am Callisto. We'll just do the generic female voice for her. I, my brethren, taking the name Morlocks after H.G. Wells, ruler of the netherworld. This is our domain, and you visit at your peril. Now keep your tongue in your head or lose it. We've got a library and everything. (laughs) As for why angels here, every princess, that must be me, must have a prince, and whom more fitting than the most beautiful man in the world. Look, even Callisto's got needs, all right? (laughs) Well, I mean, that's what it is. I'm so lonely in these tunnels. I got this guy named Sunder and Caliban and Mask. They don't do anything for me. Look at all these people. They're all horrible looking. So I want a pretty boy. She did such a thing out of love? 
No, Peter. Desire. Quite a different thing altogether. I was 12 when I saw a man so gaze at me. Right. Yeah. Gross. Uh, to be prized as a possession, uh, my wishes meant nothing. So, I don't know, maybe Storm was to be sold off into like a forced uh, wedding or something. But we get she the point could, there. She couldn't fight because she was too young, so she ran away. So, Angel, we should really talk about this. She, or he rather, is like hung. His arms uh, are hung by these two hooked spikes that look like they are protruding through his wings. So I think like his wings are stapled to this uh, plush uh, diamond. Yeah, it's like a big chair back. Yeah, but I mean, let's the, the, let's not lose sight of the gravity that I think I think there are metal spikes pushed through his wings to keep them up, and his arms tied to the hooks. Right, and he's wearing a loincloth, and he's standing on some pillows. So my guess is that, I mean, his wings aren't going to work too well after this. I think they'll be fine. They'll probably have to cut them off. <laughs> Not yet. Oh. <laughs> uh, Callisto, then she comes up, and apparently this is the way uh, that she flirts with men, is to pull out her switchblade uh, and start yanking out pin feathers. Apparently, I mean, effectively what she's doing here is she's, um, uh, she's clipping his wings so that he can't fly away. Right. Uh, which is kind of creepy storm says she's clipping angels pen feathers pin feathers yep <laughs> pin feathers what are pin feathers those are uh those are like the little tiny feathers in between all the big feathers so if you take away all the pin feathers yeah you, a bird can't fly uh right so like for a parrot or for like a parakeet or something like that or a cockatoo or cockatiel you would clip their pin feathers so that they they can kind of hover around, but they can't like fly anymore. And you got to okay. do that like every couple of months, otherwise they grow back, and then the bird can fly away. Oh. Yeah, we used to have it. Well, we used to watch somebody else's bird, and uh, they would let it go a little bit. So like the bird would be sitting on your shoulder, just hanging out, and then might it might get like a wild itch to go flying. So it would start flying, and it would fly like halfway across the living room before it like crash into a wall because. <laughs> It's so wings. <laughs> it is pretty sad. It's like God, and then and then you like these birds. They cost like two or three hundred dollars, and all you're doing is like maiming it. And I don't know. It doesn't feel right. I'd never want to have a bird as a pet. Oh. So, anyways, that's that's what she's she's gonna keep Angel as a pet, and that's when she calls forth. Uh, well, first Nightcrawler teleports in to do something to Callisto. You two free him. I'll deal with his lady captor. Morlocks to me! And that's when a whole crap load of Morlocks come from behind Callisto and just overwhelm Nightcrawler. Storm plans to do some lightning bolt action, but Callisto pulls out a... Uh, slingshot. A slingshot with a, I don't know, what is that, like a little marble? <laughs> that's all it is. That's all she needs. She whacks Storm in the side of the head, knocking off her headdress, and Storm is, that's all it does to take, or that's all it takes to take Storm out. Yes, she's out for the count. So Callisto has the power of heightened senses and uh, really good uh, slingshot usage. Slingshottery. <laughs> Colossus, meanwhile, he's punching Morlocks left and right, but even he's kind of like, oh, this isn't going very well. And he's pulling his punches but because he doesn't want to really hurt these people, but they're not pulling their punches, and eventually he is overwhelmed, and we, we fade to black, and then fading back in... In sort of a cinematic sequence, uh, the panels at the top mirror the panels at the bottom in reverse. Uh, the light dims on, and we're now in a a bed 
Uh, Kitty Pride wakes up. Um, she's yeah. smothered in quilts and blankets. Where am I? Anybody home? Guess not. And she tries to get out of bed and she throws up. I think so. Looks like. There's no noise here, but she covers her mouth and then she leans over the side of the bed. She lays back. I'm sick. Scratch that. I'm real sick. Can't remember when I felt so awful. She's wearing a uh, nightgown and she says, Mom, did you undress me and put me to bed? No, this isn't my room, and I haven't seen Mom since Chanaka. That's Hanukkah, Adam. Come on. Oh, really? Isn't it? Uh, okay. This is no, I, I don't know. I, I never heard that. Oh, I don't, I mean. I, I thought Hanukkah was spelled with an H. I think, can it be spelled either way? Yeah, it's it's December or January time frame. I think Chanaka can be spelled either way. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I don't really know why or the origins, but I think it's always Hanukkah. Anyways, uh, it's it's uh, Caliban. Oh, she's she's realizing, I was with the X-Men. They left me behind all by myself. Why they do that? And that's when Caliban comes in with the groceries. <laughs> I went grocery shopping for you. I've got some spoiled milk, some cat food, and a <laughs> Twinkie that actually bounces. It's all they would give me. Hmm. Some finger foods made from fingers. <laughs> I know that voice, but I can't remember. So hard to think I'm dizzy. I'm falling. Aurora! She falls down. The kitty pride is delirious. Caliban's medicines have not helped. Plague's attack must have been deadlier than Caliban suspected. She is burning up with fever! (laughs) No, no, Caliban will not allow. She will recover. Caliban will defy Callisto herself and force Plague to heal her. The kitty pride will then know that it was Caliban that saved her life and she will remain with him in the catacombs forever! To be continued. And a creepy shot of Caliban kind of got a redesign. He's smaller. Yeah. I guess they realized maybe having one uh, gigantic Morlock was less intimidating than having a whole bunch of uh, weak Morlocks. I don't know. I personally don't like Big Strong Caliban. Big Strong Caliban. (laughs) So there you go. The introduction to the Morlocks, primarily Thunder, Plague, Mask, and Callisto. And I will be keeping an eye out for what Callisto's powers are. It's possible she's not even a mutant. That's true. I mean, she might we just will find out. Yeah, I mean, she might just be like a tough as nails, down on her luck broad who brought these folks together. That could be close Claremont dialogue right there. <laughs> I'm a tough as nails, down on my luck broad. <laughs> well, we, actually, no, no one would say that. Yeah, nobody but would. Say someone that. might describe somebody else as that. I think they would replace the word broad with something else. It would have to be like Juggernaut describing like yeah, 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 a girl he's into. Yeah. That frail over there is a tough as nuck, <laughs> tough as nails down on her luck broad, but she's still a frail, <laughs> a bimbo frail. And that's bimbo it. Frail broad. Uh, Adam, do we get any letters this week? We got a letter on the Facebook from Josh Courier asking, "Are there any other gritty X Men comics like God Loves Man Kills?" And I'll turn this one over to you because I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> that's my answer. Thank you for playing, everybody. Uh, no, I, I really don't. I think that's about as, uh, that's the darkest. Well, I don't, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of stuff in the two thousands. I mean, there's like a, like a, a vampire X-Men. I mean, I've got, I've got to imagine that there's some blood in there, but I mean, if you're talking about kind of a more like take the X-Men, but just amp up the darkness and grittiness like they did with God loves man kills. I don't, I don't, I don't really think so. So there's God loves man kills too. 
Yeah, keep your earbuds tuned for that because in 2025 we'll be covering it. I can't remember if that's gritty or not. It probably isn't because, I mean, you said it takes place in uh, Extreme X-Men, which, I mean, I think still falls under comics code. So you're not going to have swearing and people getting shot in the head. I think there was a Wolverine Max series. Maybe that was grim and gritty. That could be. I don't think the X-Men ever had a Max issue or series. No, I don't think so either. So, yeah, I think, I think that was it, buddy. We also got a letter from Mark Spector, or actually a comment on our going way back to the Giant Size Danger Room episode. This is, uh, first off, Mutant and Proud. Love your thoughts on X-Men and using your podcast as my X-Men reading soundtrack. Hopefully you'll continue through the 90s and pick up Excalibur, X-Force, X-Factor, etc. Mark Spector, the Moon Knight? <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. All right, well, hey, thanks. Moon Knight's got to read, too. I guess, you know. Uh, was there a question there or was it just a statement? No, that was just a statement. Oh, well, thanks for listening. Yeah, keep on listening. Uh, <laughs> greeting, greetings from the future. Or the past? I don't know. Uh, anything else? No, that's uh, that's all I got. Well, uh, if you would like to get a hold of us, then you should drop us a line at DangerRoom at RedCatProductions.com. You can visit us at Facebook.com forward slash DangerRoomPodcast, or you can uh, follow us at DangerRoomGo, or you can voicemail us at 501-GET-X-MEN. We're available on Stitcher and, of course, on iTunes. You go into iTunes, you type in DangerRoom, we will... Be the first podcast that shows up. You can subscribe to us, uh, leave some feedback, or you can get access to all of the contents and just about all of the links at www.xmenpodcast.com. Adam, did you do any extra reading this week? I did. What did you read? I read The Defenders number 119. Did you? Um, which did not feature Beast, so I'm not really going to cover it. Okay. However... However, oh sorry. However, sorry. You should look up the cover of this because it is a replica of uh, of the X Men uh, facing off against one each other from I think issue one hundred. Defenders one seventeen, one nineteen. Defenders one nineteen. Oh, looky there. Is this like the old Defenders versus the new Defenders? Uh, no. This is all sorts of defender. I don't know what what the timelines are. Uh basically this woman in the background takes over some of the defenders, but not all the defenders cuz she can't control them all at once and they all fight each other. It's actually a flashback story. So I it's not even like it's 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 total filler. Oh, okay. It was okay. <laughs> well, then did you do any other reading? Nope. Cuz I didn't do any other reading. You don't have to. I know. Cuz because Dazzler's bi-monthly now. What does that mean to you, dear listener? It means that you don't get a Dazzler update, but once every other episode, if that, with all the stuff we've got coming up. Yeah. So that's it. We're done. We're out of here. Do you have anything We're... else to add to that, Adam? Um, hmm. uh, what's our time? Over an hour, if you can believe that. No, I don't believe that. Well, <laughs> no, I got nothing. Oh, uh, well then, until next time... The danger room has closed. Yeah.